Hello and welcome back to the Noted Podcast, where we're taking note of those underrated players and the small market teams of the league. Uh, always, uh, as ever, it's me, Brian Corzo, your host, uh, with the jazz-loving statistician nerds uh, Carson Hilton and Riker Gordon uh, with me today. Um, today, we kind of just wanted to talk about the, the two teams currently in the league that look unbeatable uh and that is the golden state warriors and the phoenix suns now first things first i think it's fair to say that the phoenix suns have absolutely come out of nowhere um i, I think nobody even noticed that they were having such a big run and now they're like 16 wins in a row uh which with one game away to tie their franchise record of wins in a row, which coincidentally, that game's against Golden State. So we're going to get a real treat this Tuesday uh, with Phoenix against Golden State. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to open it up to you guys and, and just why you think uh, Phoenix and Golden State have been so successful. I mean, we talked a little bit about the Warriors already. I kind of wanted to focus a little bit on Phoenix. Yeah, um, I will say I didn't. I don't really understand why Phoenix got a lot of hate after that like finals loss. I mean, I, I get, I, I know that like Devin Booker didn't have some great games, but um, Phoenix is a really good team. I don't, I don't know why this is surprising so many people. Before the season started, I had them number one in the West. Um, like they're Same. still like one of my points was that they were really young for like. A championship team usually they have a lot more veterans than they do but on that team it's like yeah. chris paul and maybe you could consider jay crowder but like um and over the off season one of the most underrated pickups is they got javel mcgee and that was one of their biggest holes in the off season was that um backup center spot and now javel mcgee like that's a really really good person to fill that hole with and they did start off the season one and three and they got a little bit clowned on but they turned it around and now they're looking extremely dominant. And Chris Paul is yep. playing. He's averaging over 10 assists a game, which is incredible. They're the number one team, like, assists per game. And they're in, like, the top five to for assists to turnover ratio. So they're playing really great team basketball. It's not just, like, Smart basketball. Devin Booker. Yeah. But talking about Devin Booker, he's also shooting over 40% from three. And Devin Booker, for, like, as much as we want to talk about him, typically in his career hasn't really been a shooter he's been more of a scorer if that makes sense like he he's not the one that's going to shoot of high volume from three but he's really like it looks like he's expanded his game and just i i, I guess I, I i don't expect them to be this good but i certainly thought they would be really really good and they haven't really surprised me too much yeah what do you think reich star yeah, I I looked at the beginning of the season and I was more surprised about like the one and three start um, than I am about the winning streak. Um, and if you want to go into stats on it, yes, McGee is something that definitely needs to be brought up as far as their bench production. Their their two highest uh, efficient like player efficient ratings are JL McGee, Javale McGee, and Frank Kaminsky. Frank, Frank's only played nine games, so the sample size isn't as large as the other players. But 
to get that type of efficiency off the bench is massive massive and then something else that i like to point out because it, it, you could go on we've already talked about chris paul and, and devin booker they're still doing what they're supposed to be doing um but you look at the rebounds and everyone rebounds on that team like <laughs> you only have one player that averages more than 10 De- deandre ayton averages 11.5 per game but like even deep into the bench you have people you have most people averaging like over two so like i personally am a huge believer in like rebounding can make or break a team and i think like even if you're having an off shooting night or you're not get, doing the best on offense like as long as you're rebounding well you're giving yourself a good shot at it so yeah i guess to kind of summarize those points is their bench production and their rebounding is well better than what it was last year and doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon yeah yeah i i absolutely agree with the rebounding point because if you think about it every rebound is basically an extra shot for you to score every because that's a 50 50 ball i mean obviously like if you're defense it's usually higher but like that's a chance if you grab that board that's another chance for you to score and even if you're not shooting well like you'd give yourself as many chances to succeed as possible and that shows to me that like they're playing as a team like they're not just having deandre and and javel mcgee rebound like that's they're rebounding by committee and they're that speaks volumes i think for sure um phoenix right now so i just wanted to kind of talk about devin booker so obviously he got kind of got off to like a rocky start at the beginning um but currently so one thing that i kind of wanted to outline is more i i kind of wanted to dig in more of it what's been happening recently so in the last 10 games that devin booker um has played this is 100 percent true okay he is shooting at a 47.9% field goal percentage. And this is the craziest part. 46.6% from three. And you know what he's averaging as far as attempts this season? It's nearly his uh, career high at 6.1. 6.1 three-point attempts uh, at nearly a 50% rate. So one thing that is nuts about this is... If you're shooting six a game, you're making three plus whatever you make. So it's like a guaranteed you're getting uh, nine points from the three from the perimeter from Devin Booker plus everything else that he already brings to the table. So why is this nuts? Clutchness. Uh, I think one thing that you can definitely tell about the top two teams in the Western Conference and pretty much in the entire NBA is they have people that can make it when it's needed and who are doing it multiple times a game. Stephen Curry, Devin Booker. Devin Booker is averaging 23.9 points per game right now. Crazy. Almost 24, uh, one of the top of the league, and high contributor. And I think some of the things that you can see in some of these other teams in the NBA that are struggling, um, you're seeing people like Donovan Mitchell not being able to... uh, put out or be clutch in that fourth quarter we've seen multiple games lost where he'll go off but it's like the one last moment uh that he needs to score um he makes sometimes a bad decision or the ball just doesn't go in while someone like devin booker right now currently 
is making those shots. Um, so someone that can will you, that can score those points, will you towards the win of a game. Stephen Curry's the same way. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the Clippers game uh, against the Warriors, but it was it was insane. It was like he was. Oh, ESPN is playing ads right now, and you guys were just able to hear that. <laughs> uh, free ads. But um, it was it was insane. It was like he was just toying with the entire team. Um, and I, I don't know if I ever remember like seeing something like that before. And the Clippers aren't a pushover either. Um, but there was, there was one specific play where he, (laughs) Stephen Curry pretended to go for a floater and then he brought it back down behind the back pass to Draymond Green for, for a layup. And it was nuts. Like literally put Marcus Morris in the grave, which, uh, glad hate that guy. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking right now at the standings for the NBA and it's nuts because it seems like Phoenix and Golden State are on some other level. Uh, Golden State is currently winning at a 0.9 percentage. So they're 900 and Phoenix is 850. So right behind them is the Utah Jazz. And if you have watched the Utah Jazz in the last couple of weeks, it, it is nuts that they're even in third place, which just shows you the amount of struggle that is going on in the league with some specific teams. Uh, we've noticed a little bit of a decline uh, in Chicago and Washington. Milwaukee's kind of been coming back up. Uh, the Knicks have been wishy-washy as they always are. And uh, I think one of the other things that's interesting is Portland is starting to play better while the Grizzlies are not. Granted, injuries to John Morant just barely, that's probably going to affect it a little bit more. But they were also just like pretty much 500 back and forth. So why why is it that we have these two teams? Uh, I guess, why is it Phoenix is being so successful? Like so many games won in a row. Could it be... So- strength of schedule or is it just because they really are that good i'll start out with this point in the phoenix suns and i'm just gonna spotlight one game um and it was the game on friday the 27th 26th i think it was the 26th against, against the, the new york knicks the knicks okay so you go down their box score you have Devin Booker, who got 32 points on 14 of 27 shooting. He did not take one free throw. And then you look at the rebounding, and they got one offensive rebound. And they won by 21 points. <laughs> so that literally what that shouts out to me is you have players that are shooting at an incredibly high level. Now... Is this type of shooting sustainable? If you look at other, like the other seasons with these top teams, not really, not necessarily. Um, does that mean they're and they're not not a good team and they're just like fake? No, not at all. But I mean, you go down their schedule and they have top quality wins against Brooklyn, who I, I'm not 100% sure, but they've been one number one in the East. Knicks have been a quality team. They beat a very hot Cleveland team. Denver, Dallas twice. 
Like they're not. It's not a strength of schedule thing. It's just that their players are completely performing out of their minds right now. Like I said, is it sustainable? That is to be shown. But they're putting nearly spotless games. Like to win twenty-one, win by twenty-one with only getting one offensive rebound is unheard of. Yeah. So. So I mean, I'm I'm hearing you out on the strength of schedule. Some of those teams you mentioned are 500 or below. And to include as well that their losses that they had at the beginning of the season, which can be like, you know, deterred to maybe just a rough start, uh, were all to sub 500 teams uh, or 500 or below. So that's Denver, uh, Memphis, Portland uh, were some of those. Now, lately in the games that they've played, I don't know, like, I feel like Brooklyn was their first real test of of like a quality team. But what I'm interested in is how are they going to go against the Bucks, against uh, the Wizards? Um, I'm, I'm spacing right now. Um, against Golden State, you know, like these are, these are some of more of the questions like when they actually play higher level caliber teams instead of teams that are obviously struggling right now. Yeah, I get that. Um, I think it's a little bit of a mix where you do have to realize, like, sure, they haven't played a lot of the top echelon of teams that we consider to be really good, but it's the NBA, and even the worst teams in the league are really good. I mean, even the Thunder are are capable of beating Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Westbrook twice. Even (laughs) even them. That's pretty easy. (laughs) Barely. I mean, and to win 16 in a row, it's more than just a strength of schedule thing. You could have the easiest schedule possible with no-name teams for 16 games in a row, and winning all 16 of those in a row, even against that schedule, is extremely impressive. And one of the things that um, is really hard for, like, winning a championship is really hard. And the reason that is is because you have to – most people would say you need some sort of superstar on your team. You need every single person in your rotation to be productive. And then you need all of those players to be able to mesh well and have spacing and defend. It's very difficult. And the Suns right now, at least in my mind, they have, they check off all those boxes. Like, I think Devin Booker is really stepping up to the plate. They're just defending so well together. And they're, like, like Riker pointed out, they're rebounding and they're they're passing to each other and they're making plays and they're playing unselfish. Like even Devin Booker is assisting over four a game, I think, close to five. And Chris Paul is up to yeah, ten. Like that's four point seven. Yeah. In my mind, like if you're if your two guys are, are dishing out fifteen assists a game, that speaks a like that's a that says volumes. Yeah. And so I don't think this is a fluke. Although like I agree with Riker where they're kind of shooting crazy right now. It's funny yeah. because the Suns and the Warriors right now are tied for number one field goal percentage in the league. And I think some of yeah. that will come down to earth. And I, I mean, I don't think the Suns are going to stay at 0.85 winning percentage and only lose, what, like 10 to 12 games. But I don't think there's anything stopping Phoenix from potentially yeah. winning 60 games. Right. I think that's completely possible. And same with the oh, Warriors. Yeah. I, I see I see Phoenix as like a, a team kind of like the Jazz where they're really like momentum based. Uh, like last season, the Jazz just went off. We had like, wasn't it like two 11 game win streaks? Uh, we just were, we barely lost 
multiple times in a row. I think we never lost more than two games in a row last season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Um, but it was it was really good. Um, I'm seeing the Suns kind of in a similar situation. Like, what happens when they do lose? And what if they lose against a really bad team? Like, is that going to hurt the momentum? Um, or is this a team that's, like, resolute? I don't know. I personally see one of the differences between the Jazz and the Suns that I see is Chris Paul. Um, I love Mike Conley, but Chris Paul is, like, he is, like, a captain like no other. You know what I mean? He's your captain's favorite captain. So it's, like, someone... Someone who can literally will an entire team just by being the locker room guy that can convince you, who can put the team on his back. Um, just super. That's what I've, the effect of Chris Paul that I've seen on teams is like what I'm seeing there, right? Mike Conley, incredible. He has his own talents. He's a super nice guy. But Chris Paul is like a general. You know what I mean? Uh, kind of like an old Rondo. I would say someone who can will the team, but he's like a surgeon of basketball. Like he knows the game yeah. so well, he can just like dissect specific situations and, and make the right plays. Yeah, and and one of the things I really love about Chris Paul and like it, it almost feels like he's teaching it to the team is mistakeless basketball. Um, we always know Chris Paul to be one of those like never turns over the ball kind of players, right? He always makes the right play. He's really smart. He's really precise. He can always find a shot. He bullies the big men on that elbow jumper. We've seen it a million times, right? Um, that's one of the things that I see as being like kind of an edge for the Suns over the Jazz, um, which is I, I think primarily I put the Suns number one in the Western Conference uh, because of Chris Paul because I just I believe in him that much. Now, question is posed. You know, we, we've kind of been talking about the schedule, their sustainability throughout the entire league. They still lost um, in six games against Milwaukee. You know, what's to stop them again? Or is this something that they can just kind of fix? They've got the pieces now. Like, are they really, would you even say, the favorites to win the championship this year? That's that's Because, I mean, question. they made it to the finals last year. Granted, you know, uh, really messed up medically and <laughs> medically incapable Lakers. Uh, you had the Denver Nuggets, super tired, missing Jamal Murray. Um, and then Kawhi's Clippers, right? I think there's always going to be an asterisk no matter where you get to, but I still think they did an incredible job and they swept uh, the nuggets if i remember correctly yep, right like right. that's that's not easy <laughs> that's not easy to do when you have jokic right but yeah. with all these things i mean we're talking about them they're talented so why wouldn't they be the favorites i think they have just about a chance as anyone the problem is there's like what three or four teams right now that i think all have a shot like probably suns warriors and brooklyn right now would be in my top three maybe jazz like a step below and i i mean why not like i i think the suns are probably my favorite to come out of out of the west right now i think they absolutely can make a finals run that yeah. being said i think it would be very difficult against maybe the bucks or the nets right like they're going to have to step up and play better than they did last finals. But I think given so, like they've had that experience, maybe they now know 
man, this is a completely different game than regular season, and they, now they know what to expect. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the, and you look at it. This is this is the only thing that keeps me from giving anybody at this early in the season, like they're my favorite to win. Yeah, is like it, there is a very like real thing in the NBA, and that's peaking too early. And I think that was also part of the Jazz's problem in last last playoffs. Is they're playing their best ball closer to like the beginning to middle of the season where I don't I, I think the Jazz were going into every game with all the confidence in the world. Injuries and whatnot kind of took a hit to that, including injuries in the playoffs. And so I'm not saying that I think the Suns will get injuries. I, I think they're a pretty sturdy team, but the only thing in my, in my head is like, they're on this n- nice winning streak. Like, is are they peaking too early? Like is is it is that the thing? Like are are the other teams that they're playing like even the Nets? Like for some reason, I look at the Nets and I think they still have a slight advantage over the Suns. And the reason being is because I see Kevin Durant yep. playing as good as he ever has, and now James Harden is playing. He's close to a triple double a game. So it's like that's a scary team. And I I I, I hate I hate to say it. I think Harden and Durant is a better duo than Chris Paul and Devin Booker Devin. as far as talent-wise. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to say yes, the Suns, the way they're playing right now, we see that in the in the playoffs. Why not? But then you look at star power, especially when it comes to the finals, and, like, Kevin Durant, who's won it before, James Harden, who's definitely got a chip on his shoulder at this point. Like, I don't know. I think I still have the Nets over the Suns at this point. Yeah, I I see the sentiment, and I and I totally. I mean, who? What kind of idiot would say that <laughs> James Harden and Kevin Durant aren't as good as Chris Paul and uh, <laughs> and Booker? You know what I mean? Like, totally agree with you. Um, I think the difference is the team that surrounds them. I I feel like Phoenix is an incredible bench. They're they're just such a deep yeah. team. It's a complete team. And you yeah, look at the way that LaMarcus Aldridge got bullied against the Phoenix Suns in the last game. I mean, James Harden also had a pretty bad game. Uh, made a lot of really bad mistakes um, when it came down to it, and they just got exposed. And the question is, could Kevin Durant by himself, you know, along with James Harden, of course, right? But could they by themselves do it? Could they beat such well, a deep team like Phoenix that it's young and can play for a long time. And that's the thing. I, 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 the, the Nets didn't get exposed. It was only a six-point game, and that's with James Harden having an off game. So, like, I, I absolutely think that, you know, James Harden eliminates some mistakes. I mean, I don't think there, I don't think there's an argument that their um, front court is better. Like, the Suns have a better front court than the Nets. Like, that's for sure. But, I mean, when you have shooters like the Brooklyn Nets do, like a six-point game, I mean, that's – it's up in the air at that point. Like any team could have won. So in a, in a seven-game series right now with finals, a ring on the line, I don't know. I, I, have, the, I have the Nets. Yeah. It's a tough one. Tough to call. Yeah, it's tough. Um, 
I think as far as sustainability, I think I like Phoenix more than Golden State. Uh, Golden State's still really mm-hmm. young. I agree. Um, and I think it, it is so exciting to watch Golden State right now. Like, absolutely. Um, let's hope Stephen Curry doesn't get injured, you know, um, to, to ruin to ruin basketball over there. But because I that's a huge concern, <laughs> you know, his health. Um, uh, today, they announced that Wiseman and Clay Thompson are cleared to play with the G League. Yeah, that's a big deal. So that's a huge deal. Back. It's almost time. It's crazy. Add those two in, it might change. Yeah. I think I, I, I just hope the NBA fans, like, once Clay comes back and they don't automatically become better, I hope, like, yeah. people don't automatically <laughs> just, like, give them crap and say, oh, they were fake. Because it takes, even with Clay when he's been out for two years, like, it takes a while to get guys back into your system. So I wouldn't be surprised once Clay comes back if they take a little dip and then they start to figure things out and then they're okay. But I just like during that dip, I hope people don't just write them off because the Warriors are right. good, especially they're like really they are really I good. Did not anticipate them being this good, especially yeah. Defensively. And uh, here's okay. the thing, like <laughs> I think that team out of any team has the most upside for the future. The amount of young talent that they have on that team is nuts. Um, like if they can get a future like you know star to replace Stephen Curry in like a decade. You know, I don't know who that's going to be to replace them, but yeah. right now the, the the freaking pieces they have around Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, um, and with healthy Clay coming back soon, like they are going to be unstoppable uh, again. Yeah. Force in the West and the Lakers. I mean, is this the end of LeBron? <laughs> if they if what what happens if they don't even make the playoffs or if they get a first round exit, right? That's like somebody gets fired. That's nuts. <laughs> that's, that's the answer. Somebody you know what I mean? Sure. You gotta bring you gotta bring Bronny in. It's the only way. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Get the guy that, that'll get LeBron going. Cause did you not watch Space Jam too? You know what he did for his son? Get the guy who's averaging single digits per game in high school, and they got a team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, jokes aside, I do want to bring up an interesting thing that only five teams in the West are above five hundred. And right now, nine teams in the East are above 500. Wait, the East is granted, good? Granted, like, the West, especially, like, if you look at the Clippers, uh, the Nuggets, um, there's, like, injuries there. But the Eastern Conference is no joke anymore. Like, that used to be the thing, like, oh, the... the oh, it's the Eastern Conference, the yeah. Yeah, it's East. But, like, Eastern Conference is really good now, and they have been, like... Well, I, I think it's the shift of talent, uh, there is so much talent that left the West and went to the East. I mean, we got Montrez Harold, uh, Kyle Kuzma, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, uh, Alex Caruso. You know, where there's so many, one. so many pieces that left. Um, I All think that names except for one are LeBron's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, LeBron. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. LeBron's blowing up the West right now. Dude, that's so true. But you're right. I completely agree. There's definitely a lot of players that have left the West who are finding themselves again in the East. Thank you, LeBron. Yeah. Yep. This is crazy. I think, like, yeah. as, as dominant as, like, or as good as the Suns and the Warriors have been, I think both conferences are, like, 
wide open for anyone. Like, absolutely, I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors or the Suns or the Jazz or the Clippers like make it out of the West or like Eastern Conference. The Nets, the Heat, the Wizards, the Bucks. I don't know about the Wizards. You all, you all want to know like, something, something crazy? What's up? Um, the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference standings is one win away from the Nets. Charlotte is one win away from the Nets. Obviously, they have more losses. The three losses, but yeah. yeah. But that is how close the Eastern Conference is. Uh, even even the 10th spot where the Cavs are sitting is only four games. Four games behind the Nets. The 10th spot. Hell, the 11th spot outside of the playing tournament, four games behind the Nets. So it is wide open. Pacers and Toronto are at nine wins. It's really only Detroit and Orlando that are really far behind the group. But boy, boy, howdy, we're we're struggling over here in the, in the Western Conference. Yeah. So I will say, oh. if nothing else, this season is is so much fun. When there's no like for sure like dominant or two dominant teams that are like no one. No one knows who's going to the finals. Like before, it was like, oh yeah, the Cavs and and, and the, the Warriors. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's wide open and it's so much fun. And every win and every loss, like it means a lot more because standings are so close. Especially with play-in tournament. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, that that matters a lot. There's a lot of people that are still contending, and there's just teams that are just losing games you wouldn't anticipate. Teams winning games you wouldn't anticipate. I think New Orleans. Um, they literally in like one week beat the Wizards and the Jazz. Yeah. And that was without Zion. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean any team can win. So I think it's gonna be really exciting. We're gonna have to like touch back uh, on this topic as far as like favorites go. I'd probably say myself, right now I think the Suns have the best shot to win the title. Um, oh, and kind of to but tie it's that back in like you just mentioned it, like, you know, there's good teams losing to bad teams, and there's bad teams, you know, step, yeah. stepping on the foot. The Suns aren't doing that right now. The Suns are winning. The Suns are beating the bad teams they're supposed to beat, and they're beating the good teams that who knows if they're supposed to beat. So yeah. that's that's a good point. Like, if if you are going off that, the Suns just get the Yeah. Same with winning. the Warriors. Just con- consistent basketball. Um, right. And that's the thing. I mean, it's it's close. I I am I am honestly so excited about Tuesday because this game yeah. is nuts. The amount the amount of bragging rights that this game has, <laughs> um, yeah. it, it's pretty funny. But um, we're definitely gonna have to bite into this game really in depth um, for the eleventh. Uh, this is in Phoenix, by the way. So mm-hmm. slight edge to Phoenix on this one, but. It's a. It's going to be a duel. It'll be a good one. It is going to be a duel. So, but um, yeah, that I feel like that's going to be all the time we have for today. Um, again, want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much. Um, if you have ideas, you know, hit us up on social media. What do you want to hear us talk about? We're more than willing to uh, (laughs) discuss any kind of topic. I guess right. It's basketball. We all love it. We all want to talk about it. But at the end of the day, we do appreciate you guys listening and um, hope to see you next week.